The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. Hi, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Dr. Serena Wadlow, and I'm really excited about today's topic because, of course, it's probably one of everyone's favorite topics about sleep. And our guest today, or my guest today, is Dr. Lisa Page. She has a doctorate in clinical psychology from the from the University of the Rockies, where she specialized in health psychology. And she's done some research on uh, sleep and sleep problems and their effects on different lifestyle illnesses and and is here actually to talk with us. And, I'd, and Lisa, welcome. Thanks for Thank coming you. today. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Yes, because, you know, you have this wonderful topic that people love to do and also... <laughs> hear about. So so I don't know if there's uh, something else that you want to mention about your background in terms of, you know, your research, or your clinical experience, or, um, you know, I don't know if there's something else you want to say or. Um, I, sleep is my specialty. I'm working towards my uh, certification in cognitive behavioral treatment of insomnia. Um, I do focus on all different types of sleep problems. And um, really enjoy working with people and seeing um, success in working with people who've had difficulty sleeping when they're finally able to get some good, solid, comforting sleep. Oh, yeah, that just sounds so nice, doesn't it? It does. It does. It does. Does anybody it get does. that? Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's start off with, like, the basics here. What... What exactly is sleep? What's the purpose of sleep? I mean, we know what sleep is, but what what is it actually? Why why do we need to sleep? Well, the role of sleep is to help the body heal itself, uh, repair injury, whether it be physical or emotional, consolidate memories, and release hormones to regulate growth and appetite. We don't know all of what the functions of sleep are, but that is certainly what we do know about it. Um, healthy sleep is, is considered about seven to nine hours of consistent, uninterrupted, restful sleep. Restful <laughs> sleep being the key there. <laughs> Even though when people do lay in a bed with their eyes closed for seven to nine hours, it's not always wonderful sleep. Um, and in children, sleeping is when they grow and their bodies develop. So it's extremely important that our children get enough sleep as they're growing and developing. 
So tell me a little bit about the seven to nine hours, because I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard this. And I know it's been like, you know, one of those pieces of information that's commonly um, heard about. What what exactly is it about this period of seven to nine hours a night that makes it that makes it that way? Like, you know, what about for people that seem to do well with like five or six hours or they need more like, you know, 10 to 12 hours? How does that how does that fit into the picture? Um, the, the time, the, the amount of time people sleep or, you know, benefit from adequate sleep varies from person to person, of course. But um, it's, research has shown that people who consistently sleep under six hours a night are, have a much um, higher likelihood of early death. Um, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that too throughout the program, but um, sleep is significantly uh, ignored, and um, it's it's so important that people get enough sleep, and people just don't realize how much sleep their body actually needs. It's again, like I said earlier, I can't say it enough. It's time a time for your body to physically and emotionally recover from whatever it went through the day before and possibly a period before if um, you've had significant stress in your life. Well, and that's an interesting um, function of sleep because I don't know if many people, and including our listeners, um, know that you know, most of the time we hear about how sleep is, we need it for our bodies, you know, just to get that rest and what, but how does this emotional um, recovery fit in with, with, with um, restful, adequate sleep? Um, Your body regulates its emotions during the time that it's sleeping. It goes through and filters all the thoughts and experiences you've had throughout the day in order to um, consolidate memories, um, keep the me- it keeps the memories that are significant to it. Usually those are the ones um, with the most emotional impact on a person, um, positive or negative. Those are the, mm. the things that people are likely to remember the most. And um, it gets rid of the things that are unimportant. Like... Uh like what what might be an example of something that's unimportant like the- um the the use of your brain doing daily activities um okay. going through the motions of things um so kind of things that we do more like on a daily automatic kind of basis exactly okay Okay. And so, you know, let me, cause that's an interesting, so our brain, when it's, when we are getting adequate restful sleep, our brain is working at, um, um, flushing out some of the information we don't need regulating. You said some hormones as well. And so what happens then for people that, that if they don't get enough sleep, like what, how does that fit in then in terms of how well they are, how they function, you know, day to day, how does that all fit in with that? Well, it's probably rare for anyone to have perfect sleep all the time. Yay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's face it. We're human beings. We all lead very busy lives. Um, Every day changes for most of us. There's very Mm -hmm. few people that I know of who live in a constant routine. 
um, ideally, people would go to bed the same time every night and wake up the same time every morning. Um, and I know a couple people who do that uh, on a fairly regular basis, but for the most part, um, we've got things either keeping us up at night or waking us up in the morning. Um, so inadequate sleep on occasion is perfectly acceptable. Long-term can have deleterious effects on the human body. So much focus goes into eating the right foods and exercising 150 minutes a week. But sleep oftentimes gets ignored and neglected, not just by individuals, but even by medical professionals. Mm. Um, More and more, you do hear some physicians are asking people how much they're sleeping, but for the most part, um, it's greatly being overlooked. The reality is that sleep has a significant influence over all lifestyle illnesses, and that is those which are, believe, are the top, top. I'm sorry, the top five causes of death in the United States: um, stroke, uh, cardi- cardiac disease, high blood pressure, all tied with metabolic syndrome, uh, diabetes. Um, lung cancer is also considered uh, lifestyle illnesses, but not as much affected by sleep. And then about half of all cancers and lifestyle illnesses are considered to be at least 80% manageable, if not avoidable, by living a healthy lifestyle. So that's huge. That is huge because, wow, I, don't, I, I, I did not know that sleep could be have such an effect on some of those diseases, if, if, you know, if I'm not getting enough sleep on a regular basis, um, you know, that that could be a contributing factor to that. Absolutely. So I'm a little curious about, you know, cause you mentioned this, uh, this idea about, um, the sleep pattern about like sleeping at the same time every night waking up, um, at the same time in the morning and, and, what what exactly does that do then for people um, if if they do keep like a consistent um, sleep wake cycle pattern whatever you want to call it? Well, it helps people sleep stabilize, so it typically helps them fall asleep easier, wake up easier. Their body is much more regulated in terms of um, its wakes its sleep-wake cycle, and also in terms of hormones that make your body grow and develop and um, eating patterns Mm. helps you much more regulated, be much more regulated. When you're getting consistent sleep like that. Right. So so in terms of, like, because, you know, we hear a lot about one way, because I know a lot of people... um, want to, you know, lose a few pounds, like I have some friends that want to do it, family members, I myself would like to do that. And so it sounds like one thing that may be helpful is staying consistent on a sleep cycle could be beneficial to the process of losing weight. Very much so. Uh, Mm. Not just staying on the same sleep cycle, but getting adequate sleep. So it's not... very high correlation between um, the amount of sleep people get and their appetite. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, yeah, I mean, 
Is that like something that also contributes to the midday munchies? It contributes to the midday munchies, um, which is something I'm a little less familiar with. But in okay. general, mm-hmm. people who've not had enough sleep are not not reaching for carrot sticks or celery sticks or healthy food, but typically depending on what is, you know, their favorite food, um, salty or sweet, they're going to reach for the tastiest junk food that will replace some of that energy that they've lost from getting enough sleep. Oh, now that's a really key word that you brought there because it sounds like then when people don't get adequate sleep, restful sleep, that they may turn to like comfort food basically to kind of sustain them. And then that kind of uh, interferes with being able to have just natural energy. Absolutely. Um, And it also typically adds a lot of calories. They're oftentimes going for caffeine, sometimes caffeine with lots of um, sugar or sweeteners in it creams, milks, um, things that add up to a lot of calories that they might not have gone for if they had felt well-rested. So it even sounds like when people don't get adequate restful sleep, that that in and of itself can also contribute to other choices that they make related to um nutrition related to what they consume related to how they sustain their energy. And when, when we come back um, from break, um, let's pick up with that. So stay tuned. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at drserenawadwa at gmail.com. That's D-R-S-E-R-E-N-A-W-A-D-H-W-A at gmail.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's Dr. Serena W A D H W A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Hello and welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Lisa Page about one of my favorite topics, sleep, because I know many people like to do it. Um, And, you know, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, you had mentioned how, you know, um, when people may not be getting adequate restful sleep, that they may supplement that with um, other uh, choices, you know, in their diet, like caffeine and, and, and sugars and creamers and stuff like that for coffee. And the word that I really um, resonated with was, was energy. So what I got from that was that with adequate restful sleep, we can really get and have a lot of our natural energy. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Yes. Um, so without natural energy, when people go to supplement, they're usually reaching for things high in sugar, oftentimes high in fat, certainly as much caffeine as possible, you know, Coke, uh, co- sodas, coffees, teas. Um, so that is changing their metabolism, for one thing, slowing mm-hmm. it down. They don't have the energy to keep their metabolism going, so it is their system becomes depressed. Not that they're necessarily emotionally depressed, but they're physically depressed um, to varying degrees. Right. And it becomes a vicious cycle. Once you supplement with excessive foods and drinks, um, you've got excessive energy to, that will keep you from going back to sleep at night. So you're trying to get more sleep again afterwards. After, um, after you have all that extra um, sugar, caffeine, whatever it may be. Exactly. Then you're going back to sleep full of excessive energy that your body can't metabolize as quickly. And then you wake up the next morning starting the vicious cycle all over again. Oh, wow. So it really sounds like getting this adequate restful sleep is something that can break or or at least help break some other different cycles that, uh, you know, that we as individuals may be involved in. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I'm curious about what, you know, what then, where, where does naps take place? Because a lot of people, and, you know, of course I'm guilty of this too, you know, take a nap during the day or, you know, may take a, a nap every day or whatever the case may be. What, what's your perspective on naps when it comes to um, sleep? If people are having difficulty with their sleep cycle, napping is going to contribute to making it worse. I hate to tell you that. Oh my goodness. That just bursted a bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you take a short nap, no longer than 20 minutes early in the day, it's not as harmful. And sometimes that's just enough to help people get through their day. But the the later you take a nap during the day, the more it's going to interfere with your sleeping pattern and um, the more difficult it'll be for you to fall asleep at a reasonable hour at bedtime. 
So, like, what might be um, a, a more appropriate nap time frame? Before noon, if possible. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So then that way it doesn't interfere with one's um, natural sleep pattern at night. Exactly. Okay. If you really want to supplement your energy, the best thing to do is to get 20 or 30 minutes of physical exercise. doesn't have to be over the edge, but um, getting regular exercise in general helps produce hormones that contribute to better sleep at night. Um, but particularly, like if you've only had six or seven hours of sleep, if you can get up and it doesn't have to be crazy exercise, you know, just walking a mile um, will help supplement some of the energy that is lost. And that's such an interesting thing that you say, because I know a lot of times people will say, you know, something to the effect of, oh, well, I can't, I can't work out. I can't do something physical. I don't have any energy. <laughs> and it sounds like what you're saying is, well, if you want to get energy, you have to give energy. Exactly. Okay. And that will then systematically even help a person's uh, sleep habits. Exactly. Okay. Now I'm a little curious just to kind of jump back because you you talked about a few different things here that I think, um, you know, may be appropriate first steps, you know, to help listeners move forward in, in working on their own sleep patterns. And I'm curious, you know, going back to this idea of sleeping at the same time at night and waking up at the same time in the morning, um, what happens if like, you know, like some people during the week will have a set pattern of sleep, you know, they'll go to bed anywhere between like nine and midnight is about the time frame I hear eight to midnight is about the time frame I hear and wake up, you know, anywhere between like five and seven to start their day. And how, how does it work? Like if a few of those nights, you know, and I know you talked a little bit about this, but what, what may be some things that people can do to keep their nightly schedule um, consistent? Well, um, it's important to put electronics away, especially if you're having difficulty falling asleep at night. You want to uh, then put electronics away a good two hours before you go to bed. Wow. Okay. Two hours. That includes cell phones, iPads, computers, um, having some downtime where you're brain can settle down and regenerate itself in order to prepare itself for the sleep state. And what, what are some ideas like downtime when you say, when you say that, what, what might be some things that people are or are not doing in that stage? Um, reading is a very healthy thing to do. Okay. Um, watching TV, especially comedy television um, listening to the radio, doing yoga or meditation can be very helpful. Those are much more calming, relaxing activities that can help contribute to the body going to sleep. And does it make much of a difference then, like what kinds of things people are reading or people are listening to? Um, hopefully people are paying attention. Reading, um, 
doesn't make a huge difference in people being able to fall asleep typically, you know, what they're reading. Um, as long as you feel comfortable with it, it should be okay. Watching something really violent on TV might make leave somebody with a kind of disturbed or agitated feeling that might prevent them from falling asleep. Okay, so probably not maybe the most appropriate to read something erotic before you go to bed. <laughs> well, it depends on how stimulating it is. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> okay, so it kind of just will vary from person to person. So, so what you're saying, basically, like when it comes to material that you're reading or things that you're listening to, you want some engagement with it, but not like your total attention invested. Exactly. You want it to be, if I can use the term mindless, mindless. Oh, yes. As mindless as possible. Which is such an opposite thing that we hear about, well, let's be more mindful. We need to be more mindful. And mindful it, is for the waking hours. Mindless uh, is for preparing to sleep. That's a great way of putting it. So an activity um, that we are engaged with that is very mindless is something that will help prepare our brains and our bodies for the sleep cycle. Absolutely. Okay. So turning off those electronics, um, allowing some downtime um, is one suggestion. What other things can you suggest for listeners in terms of preparing for the, uh, you know, consistent time to go to bed at night? Sometimes being organized for the next day, having your clothes picked out, having everything prepared to walk out the door in the morning helps people to relax more so they're not laying in bed worrying. Mm. Okay, so organized, preparing for the next day. Um, you know, getting those kiddos to bed on time so you have some time to yourself to relax and prepare yourself for sleep. Um, if you have difficulty sleeping, exercising too close to bedtime isn't healthy. That also can stimulate too much at times. Really? Really. So what about like, and I'm just going to throw this out there, but a lot of people may have sex before they go to bed. Again, that depends. For some people, or it puts them to sleep. And for other people, <laughs> it's very stimulating. So just know your own way of how it works for you. <laughs> know how sex affects you. Exactly. <laughs> That's like every, know how everything affects you, including sex. <laughs> 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 okay. <yourself> well. <laughs> and that might be part of your sexual experience, but we won't talk about that in this segment. So let's, um, so organizing yourself for the next day, preparing yourself for the next day. What about like, um, do you recommend or make suggestions about, like some people have talked about, um, you know, uh, like herbal teas and um, warm milk and stuff like that. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think they can certainly have benefits in helping people to fall asleep. Um, now, drinking too much, of course, is going to make someone have to get up to go to the bathroom. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah, if you're having too much liquid. Um, so maybe, maybe having something like a warm glass of milk a good two hours before bedtime. Okay. So pretty much like if you're, so what you're saying is that like, if I want to have a consistent 
bedtime at, let's say, 10 o'clock. By 8 o'clock, I am turning off my electronics. I'm getting myself prepared for the next day. I may have like, um, you know, some herbal tea or something that's warm and comforting to help. And and those are things that will help my brain and my body um, prepare itself to fall asleep right at 10. Exactly. Okay. So, um, so what happens then if like, are there other suggestions you have, like if that doesn't work, like let's say someone does all this stuff and it's just not working? What, 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 okay, that sounds like a song all of a sudden. What might that be about? Well, problems falling asleep, as you know, um, can be a symptom of depression okay. or anxiety. Uh, people can have difficulty falling asleep just from a stressful day or lots of activities going on, um, having a difficult time coming down from something. Okay. So there's a couple different things that can interfere with, you know, you, you can prepare to the best of your ability and still have trouble sleeping. Right. And I always recommend to people that if they can't fall asleep within 20 or 30 minutes to get up again. Well, let's let's hold on to that thought. We're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back with Dr. Lisa Page. Stay tuned. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you have cancer, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. While many medical professionals can give us some of the answers, there are many more unanswered questions that can't always be answered to our satisfaction. Listen for Cancer Concepts and Compliments with Dr. James Belanger. We'll discuss the tests, the compromised immune system, how cancer grows, and what natural medicines could be added to conventional therapies that may help keep it at bay. Cancer Concepts and Compliments airs live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. 
All right, and welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Lisa Page about a great topic on sleep and what it is and uh, why we need it and what it does for us. And before the break, we talked a little bit about, you know, like people might be preparing and, and doing the things that they need to do, like some of these suggestions you mentioned about turning off electronics and preparing themselves for the next day. And, you know, if they're inclined to maybe having a, um, uh, an herbal tea or some decaffeinated beverage, um, you know, to help them help their brain and body relax. And you had mentioned that, um, you know, like if, if some people are doing all these things and yet they're still finding that it's difficult to fall asleep. One thing you suggested was that if they're not asleep within 20 to 30 minutes, um, to get up and, and yeah. And so talk a little bit about that. Like what, you know, what, what might be going on with that? What might be happening? What, what do they need to worry about something like that? Well, again, you know, once in a while, we all might have problems falling asleep or waking up early, but mm-hmm. ongoing problems, say for a month, two months, is something that you'd want to talk to your doctor about. Okay, so you're kind of, so you're looking at it more like if this is a pattern, then definitely talk to someone about it. Right. Okay. And you had mentioned, you know, that um, not being able to sleep, you know, may be a sign of depression. And, it could and, be. Yeah. And that that may be something that's, you know, if a person is depressed, um, uh, that that may be something that's interfering with them getting really good sleep. I'm wondering if you could spend some time talking about some other things, um, you know, th- whether it be physical or mental, emotional, environmental things that can interfere with sleep. Absolutely. Um, I, I mentioned exercise briefly earlier and, um, exercising too close to bedtime. If you have problems falling asleep, can uh, make things even worse mm. for your sleeping pattern because if your body has excessive energy, you won't be able to fall asleep. So for those people, I always recommend exercising in the morning if possible. Um, other things are, you know, daily things that we do. Uh, alcohol, when people drink alcohol, um, that interferes with your sleeping pattern. Most people say, oh, no, no, you know, alcohol helps me to fall asleep. It might very well help you to fall asleep, but chances are it's going to wake you up maybe several times during the course of the night. Uh, So it's not like consistent um, sleep. Exactly. And it's not going to be the restful, um, consistent sleep that you need for a good night's sleep. Snoring is another thing. Um, whether it be yourself snoring and you wake yourself up or a bed partner wakes you up for snoring or you wake a bed partner up for snoring, um, let's face it, you know, some bed partners are like bed bugs, you know, they. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Sorry, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they, they kick you and wake you up. Right. Roll over, um, especially for people who are lighter sleepers to begin with. Yeah. But consistent, snore, consistent snoring problems are a sign of sleep apnea. So that means that your body is not breathing for periods of time while you're sleeping. And that could oh. be a serious problem that you'd want to talk to your doctor about. 
Yeah, because if you're not breathing for a period of time, that's uh, that that's not good. No, it's not good <laughs> for a lot of things. Okay. Um, that is a symptom of cardiac disease and a risk factor of stroke. Oh, wow. Okay. Long so, term. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned, you know, I think it's interesting also, is there really a difference between like uh, light sleepers and heavy sleepers? There's a big difference um, between light sleepers and heavy sleepers. Some people sleep like rocks and you can't wake them up. You can't shake them up to, you know, awaken them in the middle of the night. And other people will hear every little noise. A lot of that has to do with an individual's ability to regulate their body um, and being sensitive to external factors. So when you say like regulate their body, like it, so if I'm a light sleeper, that may mean that I have trouble regulating like how my body is working. Well, it, it may be physical, but more likely emotional, maybe regulating, um, stress, being able to adequately manage stress. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a really good point that you bring up. How, how does stress interfere with sleep for people? Well, stress can, you know, give you lots of energy to keep you from falling asleep sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Long-term stress can lead to depression and anxiety, which can, you know, majorly contribute to sleep problems, both falling asleep and staying asleep. Okay. Uh, People just staying awake at night, ruminating over and over the same thoughts or worries that they're experiencing. Yeah. So like some of that anxiety that comes with it and... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I do want to get back. Um, you know, you mentioned like some of these problems that interfere with people uh, that can interfere with people getting good sleep at night. And we talked a little bit about some things that listeners can do um, and steps that they can take to help themselves get better sleep. Um, I'm I'm also curious if you have some suggestions or steps you know, that people can start taking in terms of a consistent morning schedule, you know, because like some people may already have like the, the sleeping at night schedule taken care of. It's just the morning part that really gets them in a pickle. Well, um, for those people, I would definitely say get up when your alarm goes off. What about, uh, you know, hitting the snooze button a couple times? No, the snooze button is the devil. Oh. <laughs> it contributes to, to much worse sleeping problems, um, interfering that. with sleeping patterns. You really? don't want to have anything to do with a snooze button. Um, what I do suggest to people who have that tendency to reach for the snooze button is to put the alarm clock on the opposite side of the room from where they're sleeping or even in another room where it's loud enough that they can hear it, but not that they will be um, likely to go up and hit the snooze button and go back to sleep. Yeah. So, so like if you have somebody that's tried that, cause I know that you um, work with individuals in terms of helping them too with improving their sleep patterns. 
And I'm curious if you've ever like talked with somebody that has tried that and, and it just doesn't work for them. Well, you know, there's so many things that you, you mean as far as putting the alarm clock somewhere else? Yeah, like across the room or, you know, putting it somewhere else, like in a different room, you know, and, and they, cause like I've had clients where that, where they've done that and, you know, they've said, you know, I've tried everything and, and, um, you know, I've, I put it across the room and I will just go over there and turn it off and go right back to bed. Oh my gosh. Well, then I would suggest going directly from there to, into the shower and oh, okay. changing your body's temperature. So there's a great, oh, that's a great one. So if you change your body's temperature, then that can also be something that helps to regulate your sleep patterns. Very much so. That also goes along with um, when you're going to sleep at night, you want to make sure that your bedroom is extremely comfortable um, for sleeping, that it's very dark, mm-hmm. that it's very quiet, you know, that you're integrating all your senses into your comfort zone. Um, and and certainly temperature is going to be a major factor in that. Do you find that um, individuals sleep better when it's cooler or colder, warmer, hotter? Cool, but not too cold. Okay, so not like uh, you know, like some of the Chicago weather we had this winter. <laughs> I don't think that's good for anybody. <laughs> You mean like, yeah, probably not. So, so not like extreme cold. So you're talking just like cooler, like a spring. Excellent. Okay. That's great. So that's, that's an interesting piece of information is that you can, um, you can help some of your sleep patterns by changing your body temperature. Yes, very much so. Okay. So like in the morning then, you know, since we're talking about um, some suggestions or steps that people can take to be consistent, like if they put their alarm clock on the other side of the room, go to the um, bathroom afterwards, jump in the shower, maybe um, like, can you splash cold water on your face? Would that be effective? Absolutely. Okay. I don't know anybody who that wouldn't wake up. (laughs) It's like getting a slap in the face. That usually does it. (laughs) Okay. What other things can you recommend? Um, Like maybe one more suggestion um, that you can recommend or a step that people can take if they want to be more consistent in waking up. Um, I, one thing I would suggest um, if, if it is, especially if it's a consistent poor pattern, mm-hmm. um, would be staying away from mood altering sub- substances, you know, staying away from alcohol, staying away from caffeine and being as natural as possible in order to help your body regulate itself and your, okay. your hormones regulate themselves. And so is that something then that would give an individual maybe some, more information about their own sleep patterns, like what's effective for them. Exactly. And is there a place like I hear about like this phrase of, um, what is that? Uh, circadian rhythms. Is that, is that right? Circadian. Yeah. That that is your body's natural, uh, natural clock. Oh, okay. And so that's kind of what, um, what you're, or what we're talking about in terms of restful, adequate sleep is that you're kind of going with your body's own natural clock. 
Well, it can be. Um, there's also, there's various types of circadian rhythm disorders, okay. which isn't necessarily related to um, just general problem sleeping. Um, that For that, we're looking at people who have worked different shifts, you know, work second shift or third shift, or for people who are blind and their um, circadian rhythm is completely off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so really just there's a lot of factors that could play into that. Lots of factors. Okay, well, uh, let's take a short break right now, and we'll come back with Dr. Lisa Page to continue uh, learning about sleep. Stay tuned. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health & Wellness. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine, navigating the cancer maze with host Grace Goller. We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon, U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's Dr. Serena W A D H W A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right. Well, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us as we talk with Dr. Lisa Page about the topic of sleep. And you know, we really talked about um, a lot of different things uh, in the show today. And, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about, because I hear this a lot, and I know that it's something, you know, that I've always questioned as well, but I'm, I'm curious about, like, for people that will maybe get, um, let's say, five or six hours of sleep during the week, and then they will, quote, unquote, try to make it up on the weekends. Is that, is that something that actually happens? Can you actually make up sleep? Well, um, the research has gone back and forth about that. Okay. And I would say that people can make up a good portion of that sleep on the weekends. Um, physiologically, it is possible to make up oh. a good portion of that. However, the reality is, 
Um, we all live busy lives. Yeah. We have social lives on the weekends. Um, we have, you know, many people have kids that have to get up early in the morning for soccer games and family activities and school functions. Um, so there's lots of excitement that loads up their weekends, um, making it pretty unlikely that that's actually going to happen. So, yes, it can be done, um, but I think that for most people it's not a real a realistic expectation. Oh, see, I was just about to say, where are the fireworks? That's so great <laughs> <laughs> that I can make up sleep on the weekend. So, Yeah, if I'm, you allow yourself to do that, you know, if yeah. you literally build it into your schedule, you can probably, you know, if you're able to sleep a few extra hours, yes. Yeah, and that I think is really, I mean, I'm, I'm finding that that's really the key to things is that, you know, like you said, we're all really busy. We have lots of things that are going on. And yet at the same time, I suspect that most of our listeners and other people want to be able to sleep better. They just want to feel more rested and refreshed and and energized, you know, because the, because that is the natural body. So it sounds like too, that one thing that you're suggesting is that if we do allow ourselves to schedule sleep in, then we can get more sleep. Absolutely. You know, it's all about really making sleep a priority. If you're going to take care of yourself, if you're going to eat right and, you know, exercise, you have to make sleep a priority. It's, so important in your long-term quality and quantity of life. So it's really just kind of getting back to the basics. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you think about um, sleep medications? You know, well, like- on a very short-term basis, um, some of the sleep medications are all right. But if it, if it seems to be an ongoing problem lasting more than a couple weeks, um, there are Lots of alternatives. Um, Oftentimes an antidepressant can help regulate a sleep pattern, which is very important. Um, Antidepressants don't have the same side effects and um, problems that a lot of the sleep medications have, so they're better off on something that's going to be longer term rather than something you take just one time. Antidepressants are non-addictive. Okay. And so is that, so those are more, I'm sorry, uh, more short-term oriented? Um, I would say that if you have a problem that, that with sleep that's lasting over three or four weeks, three or four um, weeks. an antidepressant to help regulate your sleep, your system would be a much better choice than uh a short-term sleep medication that you just take as needed at night. Uh, okay, so rather than taking something like, um, like, like I, you know, I just recently saw a commercial about one of the medications, you know, and some of the side effects of it too. Is that something that tends to get in the way then for people if they take an actual sleep-oriented medication? Well, um, they have they. Some of them only last for four hours, which might oh, wow. mean getting up and taking one again. Okay. Um, some of them have extended relief release, which sometimes helps six hours. They're, they're very strange in the way you, that you take them as well. Um, sleep medications have to be taken 
in under 30 minutes before you fall asleep. Otherwise, oh. they have a um, an opposite effect on the body. They might stimulate you instead. Really? And many of them will have a hangover effect if you don't get adequate sleep through the night and don't allow yourself a full eight hours before waking up. And so that's not suggesting to go drink instead of taking the antidepressant or the sleep medication for the hangover effect. (laughs) So it sounds, I mean, so is that something that, um, I mean, are there um, specific um, uh, professionals that a person can go to for information like that? I mean, who do you suggest that people check in with? Well, many people can go to their primary care doctors, um, psychiatrists, certainly can prescribe antidepressants or whatever medication they might be looking for. Um, in some states, psychologists are, you know, have prescribing rights and would be an appropriate um, contact for people looking for medication to help them sleep. So basically going to, to someone that you may know or someone you trust or regularly see and talk with them about this. And have, yeah, especially if you have an established relationship with somebody who can prescribe your medication for you. Okay. Do you think that, um, like, people don't, I mean, do you think there's some sort of, like, um, myth or some sort of stereotype for about people that may not get a lot of sleep, like it means something or... And I'm curious how that might also play a part in, in some people's sleep patterns. Um, you mean people who regularly get really short amounts of sleep or don't need sleep at all? Yeah. Like if there's uh, like, do people, are, are, is there some sort of like, I'm trying to find the word myth or stereotype about that? Well, in my experience, people who, and you know, go several days without sleeping at all and have excessive energy usually have a higher level um, mental health problem such as really? bipolar disorder. Um, if they're going without a whole lot of sleep. Um, with If they're going without sleep and just have excessive energy and no need to sleep for a period of time. I see. Okay. Yeah. That means what about for people that like, um, you know, that just kind of schedule their, that they just don't have time. Quote, I just don't have time to sleep because <laughs> you hear that. <laughs> I don't have time to sleep. <laughs> you know, I, Again, you know, long-term, it's going to be a problem. So I really suggest that, you know, people make it a priority, whether it's, you know, getting more sleep during the week, you know, at least seven hours or trying to make up for it on the weekend. Okay. So, and also, I mean, you gave a lot of great suggestions, like really the changing your body temperature to help you, um, you know, stay awake in the morning so that you're not uh, falling back asleep. And I, re- I really liked that that phrase you use: the snooze button is the devil. Just stay away <laughs> from it. <laughs> yes, don't use snooze buttons. Do not use snooze buttons. And and also, like you know, you mentioned about how exercising or working out or something in the morning can be very helpful for a person's sleep patterns as well or sleep cycle as well. Absolutely. Okay. Um, regular exercise will definitely help um, stimulate your own body systems so that um, it's rec- it's more regulated in everything that it does. Eating, sleeping, burning calories. 
And every, yeah. And so that systematically then just kind of helps with everything else that people want to do in their life. Right. Okay. Well, I'm curious. Yeah. Yes. I'm definitely going to get more sleep. So um, if people want to contact you, get more information or just kind of connect, how can they connect with you? Well, they can um, call my number at 847-257-2409 or email me at drdrnope.lisapage, P-A-G-E, at hotmail.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking with us about sleep. Thank you so much. It's been great. Great. Well, thanks, listeners, for tuning in and join us next week when we talk to Dr. Sapaden about fear and procrastination. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwa hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Music.